uh, we're delighted to have an extra person here in the studio and we've got Ben Maguire from, well, I'm going to say Remount, but also the Marchmont Reserve because you're the president of the trust there, aren't you, Ben? Hello, Hi. welcome. Thanks, Joe. It's lovely to be here. Hello, Andrew. So, um, we've asked you to come in because we were chatting last week and you gave us a really fabulous presentation to the Yass uh, Valley Business Chamber about the Marchmont Reserve and the plans that you've got for the Yass Race Course. And I know people have been talking about this sort of, you know, it's been rumbling around and uh, lots of work has gone on, but it seems like you're getting um, your hands dirty now and work is actually happening. Things are happening. Things are happening. We're very excited. There's actually some earth-moving equipment out on site today and have been all week, so we're really pleased to see some action out there. So, Ben, can you just start at the beginning and just um, tell us a little bit about what the plan is and how did it come about? Sure. So the, the Marchmont Reserve is a community asset that is, it's managed by the New South Wales Department of Land and Water and it was gifted to the community a long time ago and it's been used um, mostly for horse racing. Uh, over the years there's been other, I remember as a kid I used to play polo cross in the middle of the racetrack out there, like back in the early 80s. Um, it's been used as a car racing club but the Yass Picnic Race Club, which has over 100 years of history, has been a very constant and important user group of the racetrack. So they still have their race meeting every year in March, and there hasn't been a lot of investment, would be the nicest way to put it, I suppose. And so whilst there's a beautiful facility out there in terms of the natural environment, there's some pretty tight assets out there in terms of amenities and facilities for people who want to use it particularly for the races, but also other things. And right now, it only gets used one day a year. And it's on 80 acres of land. And uh, myself and about five other people, six other people joined the trust. We were appointed uh, by the Minister for Land and Water about two years ago. And we came up with a bit of a shared vision that the the land out there really lends itself very well to animal sports. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should also say that we do have uh, another regular user, Beck and Alan McRae, train their horses out there. Okay. Uh, and okay. when they're not racing, I think that's pretty much a daily thing where they get access to it. But with the growth in the Ass Valley and the sort of interest in other activities and the growth in horse sports, we felt it was uh, kind of wasted and a bit of an opportunity to put together a master plan, which is what we presented to the business chamber last week. And Yeah, because at the back here, I see that you've got um, amazing support from the politicians, from the local community, all the users who potentially might want to um, go and use the site, like the Carriage Racing Club and Picnic Races and, oh gosh, all the people, the Rodeo, or Rodeo, how do you say it? Rodeo. Rodeo, you yes. Rodeo, like me, Rodeo. Yes. Um, and the question clubs um so it seems like everyone is 100 percent behind the project and uh, it's giving it loads of support so where's the money coming from how are we going to pay for all this it sounds fabulous but well so we've raised six hundred and fifty thousand dollars just recently um with very generous support from our state member of parliament wendy tuckerman through a number of different funds and, and that money has been used to put together the master plan that you see in front of you. Um, we had to do a lot of geo-surveying on the site. Um, there's been a lot of clean-up work to do. You know, we've yeah. had to remove 120 dead trees 
and they were an OHS risk. I mean, in this day and age, it's it's um, if you're going to have lots of people out there, you really need to be managing all the risk. So uh, at the moment, I mentioned at the start of the show, we've got earth moving equipment out there. So they what are, are they up to? Well, they're currently levelling the middle of the track. So there was a huge amount of rubbish. There's been tyres. We had to cart away three B-double loads worth of tyres that have just been left there by different users over the years. You know, environmental, toxic hazards that... You know, it's not very really sexy to go and ask for money to do this sort of clean-up. But not, we, can't, we cannot get started mm-hmm. and we cannot present uh, a business plan with confidence until the place looks clean, is tidy starts to build a bit of energy in the community. Uh, people who go to the races would know just across from the finishing post, there's an old concrete bunker. It's not used for anything. It's been, if it hasn't been knocked down today, it would have been a few days ago. Just things like that. It's costly to do that. And, and yet, uh, without a lot of progress, I think when people go to the races in March, they will start to see... Uh, that there's been an enormous amount of energy put into the site in the last six months, particularly. Well, you have to start somewhere, don't you? And you've just got to get that inertia going to... And, of course, it will grow when people, like you say, when people get behind it and, you know, you talk it into being in a way. Well, that's right. That's right. So so the user groups that have come along to our community consultation that have thrown their support behind it has helped shape this idea that... You know, if we fast forward a number of years, and I, we don't have a time frame on that, uh, the site will be able to be used 365 days per year. Uh, we're hoping that it will be linked to the town with walkways so that it improves, you know, that sort of links into community fitness and health and environmental sort of benefits to everybody. People can walk out there, take their push bikes, go for a ride out there. And then the user groups will be the major sort of horse sports like pony club, camp draft, carriage driving, and these, these events that these clubs run, Polar Cross is another one, they bring enormous amounts of money to the town. They bring mm-hmm. crowds to the town. They're part of the rural fabric of this community. You know, we've got this tension at the moment between development and how close we are to Canberra, and yet everybody really loves the rural aspect of living in the Ass Valley. That's and a facility one. like this will help maintain some of that mm. because people will be able to go out there and watch horse sports or participate in these horse sports. So I've got the map here, and um, I mean, the vision is fabulous. It's an amazing vision. So why don't we just have a look at some of the things that we've got planned? So we've got camping areas, which is so crucial. Car parking, toilets and camping is just one of those necessary things you need for the um, event, isn't it? It's that logistics things. So are you... Do you think that camping could be used um, throughout the year when there's not events on as well? Yeah, potentially. That's you know, there's a lot of people travelling Australia now in their RVs and they're looking for nice places to pull up and plug into power and plug into septic yeah. and that sort of stuff. And, and so, also during the events, isn't it? Because we haven't got the hotel accommodation really. So well, that's, and people who are travelling with their animals like to camp Absolutely. with their animals, yeah. and so there'll be I think there's about 350 permanent day yards, and there'll be room for other temporary yards depending on the size of the event out there. Yes, yeah, so you've got day yards, and this is my, like this is going to expose my absolute no knowledge of rodeos. But you've got spent cattle yards and fresh cattle yards. So I guess are they the cows that go in and <laughs> then they well, come I in think and they, they go would, in one they end would, and go out the other end. The, yeah. That would be referring to probably the camp draft facility. Yeah. So in the sport of camp draft you can only use a beast once. Okay. And so once it's finished its run, 
uh, it'll go down to the other end of the arena and be part of the spent cattle yards and then trucked out again. All right, so you've got plans for that. And then here in the centre, and they look like netball courts to me, but they're not, are they at all? They are polo cross courts. They're a lot yeah. bigger than netball courts. And, <laughs> and whilst there are lines on the page and some schematics around the scale and, and what can fit in there, Polo cross is like lacrosse on horseback. Yeah, so uh, it's a fantastic action-oriented sport. A lot of skill involved, not just in the horsemanship, but also in the ball and racket skills as well. So that's big round here. Lots of people do polo cross, isn't it? It's cross between polo and lacrosse. Well, the Yas Polo Cross Club has a very proud history, and there's some people who've been in that club. You know, represented Australia, and and uh, it's got a very proud history. In fact, part of the business plan, there's a there's a photo in there of a polo cross carnival where the uh, the Governor General opened a big national tournament many, many years ago. Well, we, well let's, let's, let's talk that into being. He can come back and do it again. That's right. I've got to come up with an idea. You know, like, you know, I think, you know how like, you have horses and they go like this course? I forgot what the name is. It's something to do with when they jump over. Show jumping? It's not show jumping. Dressage? It's, it's something to do with the go cross. So cross-country jumping, Andrew, is what I think you are dreaming up there. And and we've still got a little bit of work to do with some cross-country jump designers. I mean, it, if you wanted to build a really um, kind of bespoke cross-country jump course out there, it wouldn't leave a lot of room for much else because it takes a, there's a lot of kilometres that they need. But there is definitely room out there for some practice jumps and maybe a small course, and that's still being worked through at the moment. Because, of course, the main thing here is the racetrack. And um, are you planning to do more races throughout the year? Is that the well, that's, that's a matter for the race club, right? So, the, you know, the structure of this ground, it's really important that people understand. As trustees, we're the custodian of the land, we're the landlord, we're looking for more people to come and use the site. It's a very different entity to the race club. So if they want to run more races out there, that's up to them, and that would be welcome, of course. Uh, the point is that if we get enough interest in this and we generate enough funding, part of the planning on this and the development on this will be to improve the track quality. Okay. So the last few years particularly, uh, we've had some very last-minute decisions to stop the races because of small amounts of rain. There's a bit of a bad camera on the bottom turn. There's also some sort of areas on the back straight that have got a bit of clay on them. And with some some modest sort of remedial works, we think that we'll be able to have a better track so that the Yes Picnic Race Club can run with a bit more certainty. Oh, that's good news. We all know what happens when it rains and it gets a bit boggy. Yeah. And <laughs> we've all been there. So you yeah. talk about looking for funding and the next um, the next steps. So mm. where do you think you are on the timelines? Where are you up to? What's your next big um, yes. step that you need to do? Well, the, I think the next big step, when we see the centre of the track clean of rubbish, clear of debris, level... We'd really like to get all the user groups out there with their trucks and horses and a barbecue and just start to ride around and have a real feel for where things might work best. It's one thing to put things on a page, but there's, you know, we've got to cater for shadows and light and different sports need different orientation and these types of things. So we want to get out there probably in the new year with as many people as we can and just generate a bit of a, you know, a kind of a soft launch. There won't be a whole bunch of infrastructure, but... 
we'll be able to certainly drive in and safely take our animals around the site. That's, that's step one. And then those clubs should be in a position to run uh, events out there and bring in temporary infrastructure, whether it's yards or high toilets or whatever it is they need to do. We've missed our timing to sow some nice grass on this area. It's starting to get too hot. But when we do get some good ground cover, the Polo Cross Club, for example, should be able to run a tournament. We'd love to see that. So it's, you know, the next 12 months we should be getting some life into the area. That's right. You'll start to see a few events out there and a bit of activity. I mean, we've got some other responsibilities as the trust where... Uh, our next step is to develop a tree plan. You know, it's one thing to pull out 120 old established trees that are all dead and were a bit of a safety risk. Uh, it doesn't look as bad as I was, I thought it was going to be. It actually <laughs> yeah. looks a bit cleaner and tidier and there's still some lovely trees out there. Mm-hmm. But we really need to put together a plan to design and then to source and fund a whole new set of trees. Mm. Shade's very important for the animals. Shade's important. Mm. Well, for people, animals, the environment, you know, everybody's, you know, these green spaces are so precious now, we've got to invest in them, so. Beautiful. So if people want to get involved in any way or give some uh, support to the whole project, what can they do? What's the best way for people to get involved? So there is an email address on the back cover, which uh, I'm sure you'll be able to read out in a second. But the trustees are very keen to hear from other groups. And um, and that Marchmont email address goes to Cathy Bennett, who's our secretary. Uh, people can, you know, get involved with the trustees. And we'd love to hear from you. And, and really, I think the thing we're asking people to do is to engage, ask questions, uh, be aware that we're very keen to see racing stay there. It's a really important part of the history of the region. It's got over 100 years of racing attached to it and we want to see that stay. And yet, with the right planning and management and sort of events calendar, all these other events can be applied out there without impacting racing. Beautiful. It sounds very exciting. It's just one of those projects that I think lights up people's you know hearts and their eyes go all sparkly and go oh this will be amazing if it happens and yeah. when it when it happens yeah. when yeah. it happens we when need it to happens. be 100% yeah. behind this yeah. so it gives the opportunity for uh, international uh, tournaments and competitions and all that to come to you it does andrew i mean the the power across Australia have already said, when can we run international tournaments out there? The Mounted Games community, they don't need a lot of space, but they're keen to have a look at, because of all the infrastructure that will be available for camping and, you know, parking horses overnight, they're really keen to see when they can hold international tournaments and things like that. So it does have a lot of potential. In terms of the next timeline, the funding question, Joe, is really reliant on time and Mm -hmm. the moods of government and we're not in a position to set clear dates you know we have a really important job to do to shape enough confidence in this project to our state and federal members of parliament so that they can consider the worth of investing in this and that's that's our job right now we're working on that now okay this project will take a bit of time oh look i think uh all good projects take time and, and you know, patience is required. What people should be confident in, and there's a huge amount of work going on in the background right now to, to communicate clearly the economic benefit, the social benefit, 
the returns to the community. And look, we're very optimistic that over the over the course of the next few years, we should start to see some really decent funding so we can put some good core infrastructure in there to support these initial events. And that's the way. When things get inertia and when things get up and running and they see the value of it, then it will grow. And that's the important thing, isn't it? So we need to get started. So we need to that's right. go and have a look and see what the earth moving equipment have been up to. That's and right. Go and check it out. Yes. So, so if you've just joined us, um, you're here with Joe and Andrew. And we're talking to Ben Maguire from the Marchmont Reserve about the new proposed equestrian facility out at Yas Racecourse. So just to um, sort of close up here on this topic, so we're going to keep you here, Ben, and talk a little bit more about some other stuff. But if people want to get in touch, um, I've got the email address here. It's marchmontreserve at gmail.com. And that goes through to Catherine Bennett, who is your secretary. And um, she will be able to answer any questions that you may have about the project. But I think the message we're getting here is um, get involved, get learn about it. Um, do you have a website yet with all the details? No, we don't have a website or any socials yet. We've been so focused on building the story, building the engagement, you know, face-to-face and just sort of lobbying the three tiers of government. Uh, as we start to see more activity potential out there, we'll have to become more active on our sort of media yeah, we'll need to get this up online somewhere because this is yeah. a fabulous document, yes. the uh, brochure that you've produced. So uh, try and get a hold of a copy. I'm sure Catherine will be able to provide you with one if you want to have a look. And, yeah, put your bid in to use the space because it sounds fabulous. So when we were talking to Ben, I did offer him the, the um, opportunity to have a tune. So he's chosen one for us. And this leads on to what we're going to talk about next, which I think is your work at Remount and your work with military veterans. But this is a beautiful song. So, Ben, just tell us a little bit about this song and um, why you've chosen this one. So this song's called Poster Girl by Becky Cole. And, and it, it's a story about a fan of Becky's who really took exception to the fact that she travelled across the other side of the world to go and sing for some Australian troops and, and was judging her for taking a political position on supporting a theatre of war on the other side of the world. And Becky's response was to write this song. And and the theme of it is, don't judge me and don't judge our troops. They are there to serve, you know, at the beck and call of our government. And, by the way, they're working in a country who don't get a lot of choice. And so there's just a lovely sense of pride in her singing about um, sort of how Australia helps the rest of the world and how these these diggers don't judge and they are there to serve. I love it. Oh, I had to listen. It, well, yeah, it's a bit of a tearjerker. So um, it's on my phone, so fingers crossed the technology works. So just enjoy this tune and we'll be back with Ben in a little while. <laughs> To my songs anymore You ripped my poster off the wall Cause I'm the singer that went to the wall You see no good in me at all well, Pardon me if I believe I haven't got it wrong And before you turn your back on me I'll sing you one more song 
Cause I shook hands with a digger on the wrong side of the world With a wife at home who holds her breath and brand new baby girl And the digger fights for freedom in a job that must be done And if unlike me you feel no pride at all Then go ahead and take me off your wall Cause I prefer to be a poster girl On the wrong side of the world And I'm just the girl who sings the crazy songs Not qualified to sit and judge I've been right and I know I've been wrong But I'm for peace and I'm for love And I admire the burning fire that causes you to fight I only wish the wrong side of the world had the same right Cause I listen to the wisdom of the Aussie Brigadier He spoke of And he leads the fight for freedom In a job that must be done And I've never been more proud to say that I'm Australian And if unlike me you feel no pride at all Then go ahead and take off your wall Cause I prefer to be a poster girl On the wrong side of the world was a beautiful tune that was poster girl by becky cole and that was a special um, song chosen by ben mcguire from remount and the marchmont reserve who is here with us in the studio talking about all things horses hello ben hello joe hello. welcome back <laughs> welcome back <laughs> wake up wake up yes um so we thought we'd just keep you here and have a chat about remount which is lovely. the lovely charity that you run um just north of here isn't it that's right yeah, yeah. about 15 minutes out of town yeah. so for the people who are listening who might not know about remount do you want to just give us a quick overview of what it is and what um what you do sure so so remount is a sort of equine program dedicated to veterans and first 
responders who are suffering mental stress as a result of their service. And uh, they come and stay on the farm and we teach them the language of the horse. They also do some other lovely activities. They do some leather work and get to take home a nice belt that they've made and those types of things. But that, that time that they get in the saddle, getting to know the horse, working with that horse as a team and then working as a team amongst the group of them, uh, has a profound impact on many of the people who come through. So, so yeah, we get to ride with some really cool people and we ride with our mates and we get to share our love of horsemanship with people who've given so much to our country. So it's a, it's a, rewarding, a re- rewarding role we play. Beautiful. Yeah. So I know you had an open day recently which gave people the opportunity to um, come up and see the work that you do and check you out. Yeah. So how did that go? Oh, fabulous. I mean, Remount, by its, you know, the nature of the people who come, we keep it pretty intimate. So we always have six who we call drovers, our six drovers, and we match them with six instructors. So there's only 12 of us riding over the course of a program and a few people on the ground who are helping out. So we run an open day every now and then so that people who are thinking of coming to Remount, they're not sure, they might have the opportunity to come and meet us and see the operation firsthand. But it's particularly lovely to see the people who've been through the program come back with their families and they want to share <coughs> the horse that they rode or the team or their experience with their families. So, so that was really cool to see and we got some really uh, lovely support from our federal member, Christy McBain, and state member, Wendy Tuckerman. They both came and made lovely speeches and the Good Vibes Choir from Yass came to sing and Kim and Bimby came and cooked the barbecue and, yeah, it was just a lovely day. Oh, it does sound yeah. lovely. So where yeah. is the actual location? Do you just go um, riding off into the into the bush or do you have a particular area where you go riding? Oh, so uh, we've got enough room on the farm to keep everybody busy for the whole weekend. You know, we've got a few hundred acres out there and depending on the season or where the cattle are. The program a month ago, we actually, um, on the first day, we had to move our own cows and calves, which wasn't very far, but with young calves made it a bit of a tricky a bit of a tricky project, which is a nice challenge for people. The next day, we actually had to move about 70 cows with their calves a lot further for the neighbours. So we're always just sort of working out what's required around the district leading up to a program and then setting those challenges for the people who come. So do people have to be able to ride a horse before they attend the program? No, that's the magic of Remount. In, in most cases, people never have. Or if they have, it was once when they were a kid and it wasn't a great experience. So, so uh, since 2016, we've hosted over 450 people and we've not had one person come off. And we're very proud of that. And, and there's a process we take people through where they really bond with their animal on the ground first and then we take them through a sort of a, a pretty structured riding lesson and then by the end of the first day they're out of the arena and actually starting to work around the cattle and uh and that in itself because they were just expecting maybe to trot around an arena and in fact we've got them out mustering cattle that helps part of the breakthrough oh my goodness well you're speaking to somebody who just trots around an arena (laughs) i've yet to go out of the gate yeah um that's amazing i I just, I'd love to see that in action to see how yeah. you actually managed to get novices out into the uh, into how the field. All the horses, Andrew, have different personalities. You mentioned Cheeky. We do have this. He's he's famous in the team, Hunter. Hunter's a remount-owned horse, 
and he lives out at Bine along with one of our stockmen and and he's safe and he's always been a lot of fun but he is always cheeky and he pushes the boundaries of the people who ride him so when we're matching people up with our horses we always find the most sort of rambunctious person in the team and we put them on Hunter and that seems to work pretty well. Ah, so if you're on Hunter, you know that you're... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You've been There's a bit of naughty kid in you one. too, yeah. <laughs> so what have you got coming up? I know you said something about a Lady Drovers program, which sounds pretty cool. Yeah, not long after we started, one of the, one of the volunteer team, Karen Williams, recommended that we have a dedicated program to ladies only. And... and we were really open to that, and it's it's actually one of the highlights of all our kind of year, our calendar. It's um, so there's six women, and in this case, I think we've actually got eight. We sort of we kind of oversubscribe it because it's it's another level of kind of connection and being, and so it's it's a bit more than just the equestrian work. And as a group, the women will do yoga and a wellness session on one of the mornings. We still have about four of the guys instructing and there's a couple of the ground crew but there's a lot of times throughout the course of the weekend where the ladies get to hang out and just it's an acknowledgement that that in a life of service there is another element to caring for the needs and women will have a different perspective and if they can share that amongst themselves in a safe environment we provide that space with their peers as well yep well, Kath and I were talking about women's circles earlier and how um, how important it is just to be able to express yourself in a safe space. And I guess in a horses can be a bit macho. Droving, I guess, can be quite a macho environment. So, yeah. Well, even on the regular programs, Joe, I think people have that perception when they arrive. And so we've got some of our instructors who are kind of big, tough, cowboy-looking men, and yet the theme is that there's a lot of care and a lot of gentle behaviour and a lot of respect and and so it's more about it's more about you know on the lady drovers program we're all wearing the pink shirts too it's kind of just going you know thumbs up for the for the ladies and uh, it's a very special time and yeah. so the lady drovers um, they're all veterans from the Australian military forces and they join you because they've been through some trauma and some well. The beauty of Remount, and there's there's a number of levels to why it works. One is we're not clinicians, so we don't assess or we don't judge. I mean, I know the personal stories people write to me in order for them to come. We get people who are coming out of acute psychiatric care yeah, or, or we know that they're about to go into. And, in fact, some of their clinical psychologists will give me their contact numbers in the event of, you know, somebody being triggered or an issue. And, and at the other end of the scale, there might be somebody who's just a bit exhausted by their life of service. And because we're not clinicians, we don't judge that. We just shake their hand and say, g'day, come and learn to write. Yeah. And it's that, it's that sort of absence of assessment and absence of judgment that is also part of the reason why Remount works. They just get to be their best person learning new skills and reminding them of how connected they can be to country and to horses yeah. that's right there's so many elements to this whole program because the energy of a horse is so gentle and so pure mm. that um it just reminds you that to be in touch with nature and animals yeah. animal therapy and equine therapy is yeah. you know it's well documented to be a really positive effect on mental well-being yeah. And, of course, in that camaraderie, I guess, of being with people, like-minded people, uh, people who have been through similar experiences, and that non-judgmental 
um, approach, I guess, to just spending time outside in nature is just invaluable. Um, so yeah. thank you for all the work that you do with our veterans. And it's lovely to have that support for the veterans here in Canberra or close to Canberra. Uh, well, well, we, a huge military population. We host people from every state and territory of Australia. So people come from all over the country to ride with us. And, um, yeah, we love it. Great. So if people wanted to get involved, if they have any um, of their veterans or serving personnel who would like to get involved with Remount or they'd like to come and be a drover or offer some financial support, what's the best way that they can get in touch with you? So we've got a, uh, a website, which is remount.org.au, and, and a very active online campfire which is our facebook site which people will be able to find on on remount and that will give you a lot of uh your listeners a lot of um sort of images about what the sort of work we do and and it you can see on that site people who've been they're continuing to support others that come through so they're staying connected very much so yeah and if people want to apply to come they just simply email me their story and all those details are on the website we don't need forms and applications. We just want to know sort of who you are and why you want to come. Because mm. I know you're quite oversubscribed at the moment, which is a very telling of the times that we're in. Um, so what's sort of the wait times that people have to sort of wait for their place before they're Well, mm. we'll set a new set of dates in January mm-hmm. for 2024 and I'll write to the people on the wait list and they'll be a priority for next year and then if other people apply, if we've got spaces available, they'd be very welcome. Okay, so uh, keep your eyes on the emails in January yeah. if you are on the list. Well, Ben, it's been a delight to have you here in the studio with us. Um, some fascinating things happening here in the Yass Valley. And you sometimes think nothing's going on. But I tell you what, there is some big things happening in Yass. This is the place to be. Um, so we're really pleased you've managed to come in and speak to us today. Or we could talk to you for hours. Um, so we're going to have a song. I better play some sponsors, and then it'll be the news, and then that will be it. Thank you, Joe. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate your interest in the, in both the stories. No, and we'll we'll come back and tell us um, what's happening next, and we'll get you some support from. We'll try and get some hands out there to come and do some tidying up for you. Terrific. Need to do. So yeah, you're talking to. Um, Oh, I've been talking to Ben Maguire from Remount and the Marchmont Reserve and we'll look forward to having him back in um, a few months when the next thing's happening.